0: It is so good to be with you guys. And also, it's so refreshing um, to hear really good music and good singers. And so I, let's give him a hand of applause, please. Thank you, guys. We are really blessed, super, super blessed. And uh, it is, again, I say very, I'm very thankful and grateful to be with you today in worship. So good morning and happy Veterans Day uh, and Veterans Weekend to those who have served, those whose family members have served. And those who remember loved ones today that that died um, defending our country. Throughout the fall, we have gone through the New Testament. We went through all the letters of the epistles and our live streaming. You can go back and see those messages and have that fulfillment of the word of the Lord grow. So we can always go back to that. And I love how we did that. And now, for these next three weeks, we're going to go into a sermon series on gratitude and thanksgiving as we get closer uh, to that Thursday of turkey and food and family and friends of kind of lowering our temperatures of worry and anxiety and raising a temperature on gratitude and So as we look at the text today in your bulletin, it's in Matthew chapter 6 uh, We're gonna focus on eyes. You see what I did there? Mm. I got another one of those coming up, so I promise uh, yeah, maybe we'll be better on the joke, but If you brought your Bible, you can open up your Bibles to Matthew 6. You can take notes. The text will also be on the screen so you can follow along. And so the text is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I love the simplicity of this text. Jesus commands to store treasures in heaven, to have healthy eyes, to serve God over money. These are good, solid commands for our benefit. But yet, things sometimes that seem so simple can yet be so complex and so difficult. So at this point in Matthew chapter six, we're right in the center of the Sermon on the Mount. And in the center of the six verses we just read are verses on eyes. And as I studied and I, as I examined the text this week, I believe healthy eyes unlock this text. Because with healthy eyes, we have clarity on how we store our treasures. With healthy eyes, we have a healthy relationship with money and so what does it mean to have healthy eyes you might get a glimpse of healthy eyes when you go to the eye doctor and you go get your eye exam you can see the improvement in your vision from lens to lens view to view as the eye doctor changes your changes those lenses from one two three four As you get closer to your correct prescription and you see clearly through those lenses and you read those tiny letters on the back wall, it's a refreshing feeling, a relieving feeling. That newfound clarity, it has our attention. It helps us focus. And every time we gather to hear God's word, it's a chance for us to spiritually check our eyes. Not just our physical eyes, but where is our attention being grabbed? Where are we focusing our attention? It's an opportunity to refocus, to recenter upon Christ and his goodness, his gifts. And so as we dive in, I want to start with these two questions. How do you see God? And how do you think God sees you? How do you see God? And how does God see you? And as I was looking to see how our culture is answering How do you see God? Here are some responses that were given from a Pew Research interview of a focus group. The characteristics of God are moss on a crisp Sunday morning in a park, under your feet, and there's nobody else around. It's gorgeous. Take this other response. God sees everything, knows everything, and is ancient. That is how I picture God, just sitting there and looking down on us all day long, and seeing everything, and knowing everything. Consider this as well. To me, when someone talks about God, I have the image of Jesus Christ, the image of Jesus Christ with his beard, that is taught to children in Sunday school. When I have seen God, I have seen what he has taught us. The first image that comes to mind is that, and I share one more response. For me, it is kindness, goodness in the broadest sense of the word, good. And then, as I'm very fond of the family, I think he's a super father. He's there when you need it. He will forgive you for what you do wrong, will let you be free if you want to, and is never going to reprimand you at all. He will explain, and nothing more. You can see some truths in these statements. God is seen in creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. God does see everything. God knows everything. Nothing is hidden from his sight. Everything is uncovered before his eyes. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, beard or no beard. God is good and forgiving. So again, I ask, how do you see God? And how do you think God sees you? Jesus says in our text, the eye is the lamp of the body. And Eugene Peterson puts it this way, that our eyes are windows into our bodies, and our eyes are the first entry of light. Healthy eyes realize the importance of finding light and staying in light. So when our family comes home to a dark house, and we are opening the door, the house is dark, our girls will sprint right to the lamp to make sure that they turn the light on so we can see where we are going. So we can avoid tripping over toys. We can have a good orientation of where we're going. Our girls are not in the Lego phase just yet, so, but when that day comes, I hope they keep sprinting to the light because those Legos hurt. <laughs> light allows us to see clearly. And not only does light allow us to see clearly, it allows us to see God clearly. And we have a correct view of God because in light, God is light himself. And as we view light of God, we view him in fear and in love. We have a healthy fear of God. We should have a healthy fear of God. Light can be blinding, just like it was in Saul's conversion. Light exposes. Light exposes our evil, exposes our sinful thoughts, our words, our actions. God does not tolerate sin. He does not tolerate the works of darkness. The Psalms, they describe God as one who displays his wrath as a righteous judge every day. And this wrath that St. Paul says in Romans, it's revealed against godlessness, wickedness, wickedness of people who try to cover up truth. This light reveals the darkness of ourselves. It reveals the darkness of the world around us. And each one of us may have been affected by circumstances, events in our life that cause us to look for lights that aren't really lights, lights that fade, lights that flicker, lights that are false. Maybe through no fault of your own that all you have is darkness because of the pain you feel, because things that have been done to you. So in your search for light, you may look to the news, but only in the news you see war, you see division, you see conflict, you see prejudice. You see polarization. You see partisanship. In your search for light, even though social media can be good and seeing what other people are doing, we can find ourselves competing. We can find ourselves behind our peers. We can find ourselves comparing ourselves to our peers. And in our search for light, we chase after those false fading and flickering lights in the addictive pursuit of momentary happiness, to pornography, to drugs, to our work, to the upkeep of our social status, whether that is what we own, what we wear, what we drive, thinking that these things will bring light into the world. And as we do this, we're actually in the cycle of creating more darkness. We're in the cycle of creating more false light. It's like we've gone to the eye doctor and we have decided to keep things blurry. In all this darkness, we can have a false view of God. We can become confused to believe that God is angry. And so we become distracted and we don't see him at all. Darkness is powerful. It is not a pushover. There's a reason that Jesus said in our text that if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So we don't forget that God has eyes too. And now we may ask the question, if all I see is darkness, how does God look at me? And here's where I want to give you good news. That God does see you. God understands the darkness that we have chosen to surround ourselves in. And yet he still says that I love you. You are mine. God sees you as his own. You are made in his image. God sees you as the apple of his eyes it says in the Psalms. God sees you as the one he loves. God is gracious. God is merciful. God is slow to anger. God is abounding in steadfast love. We love because he first loved us. We love him because he knows best. And in the darkness of sin that we find ourselves in, he sent Jesus to be in that darkness. The light of the world so that whoever follows him will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. A light that shines in the darkness. A light that the darkness will never overcome. He sent Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our King of Kings, our Prince of Peace, to experience darkness. And he didn't hide this darkness. This darkness was in plain sight on a cross on a hill where the sun even refused to shine. And yet, on the morning of that third day, when it was likely still dark, a light emerged when a stone was rolled away. And a brightness came out of that tomb where no light was eclipsed. No light was covered. Can you imagine how bright that light shone in the darkness? It was likely blinding. And I've always wondered how much Peter actually sank when he walked on water. He has his eyes fixed on Jesus, but then when the wind and the waves come up, he sinks. Was it just his foot was he down all the way, submerged under the water? Was his hand moving up in the water? Jesus, save me. We know it was dark for Peter, and it must have been a terrifying experience. But then Jesus pulls Peter up, and the first thing that Peter sees is Jesus. He sees light. And so we fear God not a punishment, but a healthy fear of God allows us to understand that even though the world may have this darkness. The fear of God is submitting to him. It is depending upon him, knowing that we are conquerors through him, more than conquerors through him who loved us, who cared for us, who made us, who knows us, who suffers with us. We look to him, we depend on him for wisdom, for his power, for his majesty, for his strength. We humbly come before him and submit ourselves to his will for our lives because he knows what is best for us. A healthy love of God knows where love comes from. It comes from light. God daily and richly provides for us. He makes the rain to fall on the good and the bad. He does this. He richly provides for us when we are sleeping, when we are awake, when we are families, when we are at home. He is our God. And so now seeing God in both fear and love, of healthy relationships of fear and healthy relationships of love, we walk in light and live in light ourselves, in freedom and generosity. Our eyes are generous with treasures, as it says in the first part of our text, because we see the generosity that God has towards us. Our eyes are free because we live in freedom of light and truth. We no longer have anything to hide. So if you are finding yourself in darkness, in addiction. If you are needing help out of darkness to restore health to your eyes, ask, seek, knock. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to one who knocks, the door will be opened. If you are in addiction, find a support group. Look to the light of God's word for comfort, for forgiveness, for strength. In this world, you will find trouble, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. And we're not only a church that talks about the word, we talk about the sacraments. We talk about baptism. We talk about communion. And in baptism, we put off our old selves and we put on a new self. The old is gone, the new has come. We are renewed in knowledge of God and creator, and we live in God's grace. We put aside the deeds of darkness and we put the armor of light on. The grace of God has appeared to you, Through Jesus, this grace, it offers salvation, it offers life, it offers peace, it offers comfort. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passions, to live self-control, to live the fruit of the Spirit, and to wait for when we will see an emerging light again when Christ shall come back. So brothers and sisters in Christ, I encourage you to follow the light. We are in a lot of darkness We can see it, we can feel it, we know it. But here, with one another, we support each other, knowing that the light comes from Jesus alone, from his word, and from the fellowship of believers that support one another in the search of light and the encouragement to live in the light. We know where to find it. We find it in his spoken word. God said, let there be light, and there was light. We find God's light in his written word, For his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our paths. And we find light where God promises to meet us in baptism and in communion. His written spoken word reminds us that we are forgiven by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. His sacraments speak to us personally of his forgiveness. There is strength outside of yourself. There is life beyond this world, a life that will have no end. And all this is found here, in worship, in community, with one another, through music, through praise, through song. We, uh, we sang earlier, this is what living looks like, this is what freedom looks like, this is what heaven sounds like. And although we still don't have the complete picture, we will receive a clearer picture of what heaven looks like when That day comes. We wait for when that final perfect vision will be revealed. We are surrounded here by a great cloud of witnesses living and those that have gone on before us. We pray in the Lord's Prayer that he would make our earth like it is in heaven, that he'd make our homes like it is in heaven, that he'd make our community like it is in heaven, our nation as it is in heaven. And it is here we restore the health of our eyes. We refix our eyes. We refocus our eyes upon the one whose name is above all names. The wait for that ultimate clear vision of heaven is worth it, a victory won for us by the blood of Jesus. And to close today, I want to share a story. Um, you know when you, you have those times where you call uh, a high school friend that maybe you haven't talked to in like two years or three years And that friend comes out and keeps reaching out to you, uh, but you're really not sure what you're going to say. You're really not sure, am I going to have anything to talk about? And you end up talking for two or three hours because you catch up and you remember. It's a kid you grew up with, a kid you had a lot of shared life experiences with. And as I was talking with this friend, we were talking about talking about faith. He was talking to me about how he was going to church, how he was searching for light, how he was becoming a part of a church and he was going to uh, Life Church in Lafayette, Indiana, and he was in a seeker group. And he was asking me questions that I really couldn't answer. Why is there evil in the world? Why does God want us to trust him? Why does God desire a relationship with us. And as I was talking through and thinking of these answers to give him a, an emerging believer in Christ, I wanted to tell him, and I and I did, that it's not anything of us, but it's all because of him. It's all because of his light. It's all because he desires a relationship with us. And in the midst of the darkness of this world, as we both are raising kids in this world we can find peace we can find truth we can find comfort and it's all in the name of Jesus and that regardless of the questions I can answer and the questions I can't answer gives me comfort and peace and I pray that does for you too as we all work not on the works and merits of our own but as we all walk together in life so God be with you in your journey together as you walk in his light. Amen.